Beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, gosh, I'm happy to see all of you here. I thought with the, the Armageddon mentality that the stores were experiencing with all the, the Kleenex and Clorox and Lysol purchases that we would be devastated here in our attendance today. But, so it's just nice to, to have you all here. The seminary has a program once a year in the fall. And that program is for boys 18 to about 35, young men, 35, 36. And it's called Come and See. Come and See. Now it's an invitation for them, yes, to come see the physical structure. You know, see our, walk in our halls with the seminarians walk, walk in the classrooms, see what they look like. Go to that library, go to down in the bowels of the seminary in the basement. There's an a old two-lane bowling lane that you have to set the pins up by yourself with crooked boards and stuff, which incidentally, I bowled my best game ever. Go figure. Shows how bad I am <laughs> when I can do well. Anyway, and then, of course, go to the chapel and see the beautiful chapel there. But that sensation, that walking around through the stone building, only lasts for a while. What they're really there for, what they really want to do is engage with the seminarians. They want to talk with them, visit with them, eat with them, go to classes with them, worship with them. And they want to do the same with the faculty and staff, with all the priests that are there. They want to have an interaction. They want to have an engagement. They want to have a relationship. And they want their name to be remembered by them. They want to be known by them. The physical structure is only the place to contain them. And so they would come and see what life is like as a seminarian, and ask every question they can think of, of them. We hear today of the, of the call of Philip and Nathaniel, and just prior to this gospel reading was the call of, of Andrew and Peter. And Jesus had been walking by John the Baptist. John the Baptist was out talking, teaching to his disciples. And as Jesus walks by, he says to the group that's around him, Behold the Lamb of God. And when two men heard this, one of them Philip, they began to follow Jesus. And Jesus turns to him and says, What are you seeking? You know, what's up? Why are you following me? Why are you stalking me? And they say, Where are you staying? Jesus says, come and see. Now Jesus knows they're not coming to see his his four-bedroom rambler with the three-camel garage and the pond out and back. They want to come and see him. They want to converse with him. They want to have an experience with Him, a relationship with Him. They want their name to be remembered by Him. And Jesus came just for that. 
to have a relationship in a manner that you and I are capable of. Face to face. So the Word of God came flesh and dwelt among us so that He could have that personal relationship, that connection. Now we have developed all kinds of dogmas and doctrines, which are important. When Jesus ascended, He did not give everyone leather-bound Bibles. He did not give everyone a, a copy of Lasky's mystical theology. He gave them just the words and actions that He spoke as recorded by His disciples. These other things came about to help us understand who this man is, who this God-man is, and keep us from strain. But if we just leave it at that, if we leave our sense of faith as merely dogma and doctrine, detached from the person Jesus and a personal relationship, then it becomes highly and highly abstract and a densely metaphorical experience. I mean, mentally. We have to take our dogma and our doctrine that we're professing all the time, and it's got to cross that threshold into our heart. It has to become an experience. We have to have an experiential relationship with God. He doesn't live between the pages of the book. That just gives us information about Him. We have to learn to see His face within it. I mentioned this many a times, you know, when I was dating Pawnee Kelly, you know, if there was a book, I could have gone to the library, pulled it off the shelf, and, and read all about it, about her. How tall she was, the color of her hair, the color of her eyes, the food she liked to eat, the hiking she liked to do, all these things. But it still would not have given me an understanding, a real understanding who Jesus, uh, she was until I spent time with her, and a lot of time with her to get to know her, and her to get to know me. That's what our faith is about. is an experiential relationship with God. Taking everything that's on the shelf and putting it into our heart and enfleshing it. Then we can begin to have an encounter as the apostles had an encounter. Had a relationship with Jesus as the apostles had a relationship with Jesus. You remember Moses. Moses was considered a friend of God. Just Moses. Not the rest of the Israelites. Just Moses. He was considered a friend of God. But when Jesus came, he was teaching his, his apostles. He says, a slave doesn't know what his master is about. But I call you friend. He's telling us, I want a relationship with you and with me. And so he became flesh. So we could have a relationship you and I could understand at some level. 
And this becoming flesh is what our feast we're celebrating this Sunday, Orthodox Sunday, the triumph of icons, the triumph over iconoclasm, the breaking of the icons. The fathers taught us back in the um, 8th century through that 7th ecumenical council that because Jesus was flesh, because he could be seen, he could be touched, he could be drawn. Almost all the feasts we celebrate are celebrating his, the fact that he's human. Of all the councils, of all the heresies there are, only one denies his divinity, Arian heresy. All the rest deny his humanity. And as St. Athanasius says, what is not assumed is what not, is not saved. So we have to celebrate that. We have to get our understanding right so we get the application in our life right. Just like the Feast of the Dormition, the Feast of the Falling Asleep, is actually a feast about the humanity of Jesus. That he really had a human mother. He did all this so that you and I could come to know him better. So we could stand before an icon and reflect on him. Engage with him. As St. Basil would tell us, our veneration passes through the medium of pigment and paint to the one depicted. We're not idol worshippers. And so we stand before the icon until they begin looking back at us. Until we realize that they're just on the other side. Just, just on the other side. You can almost touch them. You can almost feel them. As we go through this divine liturgy of St. Basil the Great, when the deacon says, let us stand aright, let us stand in awe, let us be attentive to offer the holy anaphora in peace, from that point on, well, actually all the way through, start to look and see if you can see the face of Christ. As we're going through all of salvation history in this divine liturgy, can you see him there? The whole reason we're doing the great fast and going through all these ascetical things is to clear away all the junk that prevents us from seeing him. He hasn't left us. We've left him. We put all these things in front of us, these calluses, so we no longer can see him. So we have to remove all the distractions. He wants to walk with you. He wants to suffer with you. He wants to rejoice with you. He wants to be with you. Our God wants a personal relationship with you. Not for his own gain. He doesn't need any of it. But out of love, he acts that way. Out of love, he gave himself up. Out of love, he rose from the dead. So that we could be children sons and daughters of God. So we would not be slaves or servants, but a friend. One that knows what his master is about. 
take time in your prayer life, in your daily life, to set aside all the noise and just sit with Him. We're not going to develop a relationship with Him driving down the freeway and then having, that's our prayer time in the car. It's got to have structured time when we're set aside where we can just sit and spend time with Him. Not just be in the presence while we're doing other things. But really spending time with Him. And we will be surprised at the results. Oh no, we won't, may not be having these great experiences. We may not be floating on the ceiling. Someone in the family might not be coming to have to pull us off the, off the wall. Because we're so filled with it. But in our hearts, we will start to feel peace. And we will begin to feel that God is causing us to pray. God is, we can finally feel God stirring in our hearts to prompt us to spend more time. We can begin to see through God in our hearts the face of Christ on those around us. Not just within our temple, but even our enemies. So we can love them because we see Christ in them. Instead of becoming angry and vicious at them, we feel sorry for them. And we begin to pray that God give them wisdom and peace. That He give them understanding. To be a Christian is to be radical to what the world and our passions tell us. But we won't get to know Him and what that means unless we begin to foster a relationship with Him. So we need to read our, do our spiritual reading. We need to be reading Scripture. And then we need to sit time in prayer to allow all of that to make its way into our hearts. So that we can begin to experience the divine energies within us and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then we can begin to feel the promptings, the presence, a sudden sense of clarity in things. Because we're not all caught up with the rest of the distractions. We're at peace even though we're in the midst of them. Jesus is inviting all of us, come and see. Come and build a relationship with me. I've given my life for you. Come and spend it with me.